0: Okay, welcome to the next edition of Authentic Learning. My guest today is Daniel Codaro. He's the co-founder and CEO of the Contentment Foundation. Now I feel it's important to point out that CEO, in this case, designates the Chief Equanimity Officer. Daniel holds a PhD from UC Berkeley and has acted as a mediator, scientist, writer, and cross-cultural researcher at the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. His current work with the Contentment Foundation studies contentment from a scientific viewpoint with some of the top universities in the world and creates curriculum for all ages to help individuals cultivate contentment in their lives. Really excited to have Daniel here today. I um, hope you'll join me in welcoming him. Daniel, thank you for being here. It's
1: a pleasure to be here, Glenn. Thank
0: you. You bet. So, Daniel, I, I would love to start. We, we call the show Authentic Education, and, and it means different things to different people, authentic learning. Uh what do you feel is the place of mindfulness in the conversation about authentic learning in today's schools?
1: Sure. So it's important to understand that, from my perspective or from our perspective at the foundation, we like to bring tools and strategies to students that allow them to live meaningful and flourishing lives. And one of the big questions is why are kids going to school? Why do they do that? Usually, the response is well, they come to learn why do they learn and what are they learning maybe they're learning skills that they can use to get a job later on in life and uh, lead a, a meaningful existence where they have the skills and opportunities to contribute to society but why are they doing that usually all of this culminates in the idea that we want our kids to be happy we want them to flourish and enjoy their existence in the short time that we're all here and so my question is why not just go to the source and really tap into what is happiness, what is that thing that we're all looking for each and every day. And so to me, the most authentic learning experience would root us in the skills, the concepts, and the ideals that bring us closer to a sense of ourselves and who we are as a deeply joyful person inside.
0: That's wonderful. And so would you... Would you say that that would be even paramount, that that would be step one before we even branch out to intellectual learning or project-based learning or anything like that, that step one would be that hmm, let's look inside and establish who we are and how we feel in this world?
1: Sure, it's a bold question, and I would be audacious to say yes, and so I'll qualify that by saying that everybody's different. Everybody has a different personality, a different disposition. Some people feel more. Some people are thinkers. But really what everyone wakes up in the morning wanting is to be happy. Nobody wakes up and says, gosh, wouldn't this be great if I if I had a miserable day today? Wouldn't that be the most wonderful day if everything went wrong and I was unhappy and I was sad? Nobody does that. Everybody is looking to enjoy themselves and to find the love and peace that's already inside of them. And so whether that comes from directly asking that question and starting with, you know, who am I and looking inside using mindfulness strategies, or it comes from a more cognitive perspective where we're learning philosophy or from a more emotional perspective, where we're talking about human emotions and the roles that that plays in social emotional learning, it all depends on the person. As long as it's rooted in this notion of human flourishing and finding the joy that's already there.
0: Yeah, wonderful. And then we talk about individualized learning and, and we boil it down to know thyself, right? So maybe for you it is feeling, maybe it is more intellectual.
1: I think that's a great point. And it's such an important one because with that concept of know thyself or in the classroom where students are always asking, well, why is this relevant to me? And why is this important for me to learn? It's important to know what the content is, but then it's also important to know who the me is that it's relevant to if we don't know who that me is, nothing is relevant. And everything is a little bit confusing and strange for why we're learning it. And so tackling that question of who is the I that's learning and who is the one that's experiencing all these things is so vastly important in the educational setting.
0: Yeah, very good. And, and any teacher will tell you that the lights really start turning on for students when they can make a connection to what they're learning. Okay, what does this mean for me? How do I feel about this? When, when, once they can make that connection, that's when the magic starts really happening.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. And so important to take time throughout the day to focus in on who that I is. Is it a thought? Is it a feeling? Is it an emotion? Is it a concept? And there are reliable strategies that we can use to get to that point and uncover that wisdom for ourselves.
0: Wonderful. So the Contentment Foundation uh, speaks of the four pillars of well-being. Could you take a moment to describe those four pillars?
1: Yeah, of course. So the Contentment Foundation provides 8th grade curricula in areas that bring together 5,000 years of human philosophy on well-being and the last 200 years of positive psychology research on human flourishing and well-being. And where those two areas unite is what we're bringing through with the four pillars. And basically the four pillars encourage students and teachers and faculty members to bring their attention inward and find the joy that's already there. And we do that through four main pathways. The first one is mindfulness, where we're simply focusing our attention on the present moment, usually using the anchor of the breath, and that allows the mind to still and we can be present for what's happening right now. The second pillar is called community, where we bring in all this amazing research on altruism and compassion, empathy, forgiveness, love, all these great concepts that bring people together and form really positive and inspiring classroom climates. The third pillar is called self-curiosity. And just like a scientist would go out into, let's say, the forest and study, let's say, birds and spiders and trees, we use our creative and curious mind to look inward and really explore what's going on in the inner world. So why is it that I get angry when, you know, somebody comes in and steals my pen and doesn't give it back? Where does that anger come from? Where does it go when it's gone? How does it make my body feel? We can become self-scientists in a way and start exploring those experiences for really the first time for many of us. And then finally, the fourth pillar is called contentment and balance. And this is where we teach the concept that all experiences matter and that we can develop an appreciation for all of our emotions, whether they're pleasant or painful. And they are valuable teachers and allies that help us navigate the world. And so these four pillars come together in a powerful way uh, that allows students from different dispositions and different learning styles to really find that happiness or contentment or joy, whatever you want to call it, it's already inside of them.
0: Wonderful. So with the Contentment Foundation, you, you like to say that you're simply a translator and that you're taking the best of our human philosophical legacy and interpreting it for the modern mind. Could you expand on that a bit for us?
1: Yeah. already been discussed in the past we've created nothing new here we're not reinventing the wheel human beings have been talking about these questions of who am I and what does it mean to live a happy and flourishing life for thousands of years tens of thousands of years and our ancestors have given us this great legacy of skills and techniques that allow us to access that and more recently scientists have taken some of those techniques and studied it from an empirical perspective, stripping away spirituality and religion and more dogmatic traditions and really interpreting that for a more modern audience. And what we do is take the best of all of that. We cherry pick from the top techniques that both scientists and ancient philosophers would agree upon and we offer them to the world. Uh, and we do it in a way where any student or teacher from five years old all the way up to 90 years old will be able to do these very quick quickly and easily uh, with with just a little bit amount uh, of training.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. So one of the things I read that I really, really liked on your website where you said one of your goals is to eliminate internal poverty worldwide by offering sustainable solutions toward experience unconditional acceptance always. So this really resonates with with us here at Green School because we like to look at the big picture of sustainability and recognize that that personal sustainability is paramount. Do you feel that there needs to be a bigger focus on the personal aspect of sustainability before we can begin to tackle the the so-called wicked problems of the world? Uh, the majority of these problems have to do with complex systems, be they environmental or societal or man-made. Um, and they're not on a sustainable path. Do you, so going back to my question, do you feel that that personal aspect of sustainability is step one? I, I like to take you back to step one all the time. <laughs> yes,
1: absolutely. And again, a great question uh, because there have been so many, so many wise people who have said if you wanna change the world, start by changing yourself. Changing yourself and understanding the self allows you the clarity to see what needs to be done in the external. So the inner house has to be clean before we go outside and transform the house around us. Mm -hmm. It's so, so important to understand this. Um, The ego has a way of getting involved in our projects. And while projects may seem to be altruistic on the external, on the internal it might be for recognition or praise or for feeling good. And so if we allow ourselves the space to really recognize that ego and kind of get out of our own way, doors open up beyond our wildest expectations to make real impact and real change that's sustainable in the world and it all starts with the self
0: i i can't disagree with you on that one i'm curious as to how much opportunity you've had with the contentment foundation to go back to the teachers the schools the students that you've worked with and and study the effects it's had on on the students themselves on the teachers on the culture of the school and the community
1: based approach is very very important to us at the foundation. Everything that we put out there into the world needs to be rigorously tested empirically so that we can be confident in saying that what we have actually works. And so we put in the extra legwork, the extra mile to study schools who are using our materials and track their well-being over time, Uh, we track their emotions and moods, we track their learning and attention in the classroom as much as we possibly can given the resources that we as you know, classroom research is very, very complicated, and it involves many, many uh, stakeholders. And so for us, we, we do all that rigorous work to the extent that we can to make sure that we're confident in what we're putting out there into the world. And, and
0: what is it you're finding? What are the, the changes you're finding in these schools?
1: Sure, so it depends on the classroom and the, the teacher and the student, but in general, we find an overall increase in sense of well-being, in happiness in life we find big increases in self-compassion this idea that i'm a little bit kinder to myself with my thoughts and the way that i'm relating to my actions in life which is a really important finding especially in the education space i mean teachers are really really um, kind of burnt out they, they have a hard job out there and you know it's not always going to be um, you know like in the movies where these inspiring teachers are uh, always getting it right you know there's sometimes we, we have a hard time getting through the day and so self compassion to be a powerful way to really help us move through this uh, we also find that the general mood of teachers and students who engage with these practices tend to be a little bit more calmer a little bit more peaceful that's not to say that they don't get excited and go out and play and they have really intense times during athletics and things like this but generally the mind tends to be a little bit more still people who are engaging in these four pillars um, ancient and scientific practices
0: yeah that's wonderful i can speak uh from experience that that stillness of mind and and be able to let go is really important because a a lesson a unit is always written with the assumption of perfect engagement right these students are going to love it they're going to turn on they're going to roll up their sleeves they're going to dig in but but sometimes it doesn't always work like that at least not for every single student and sometimes that can be really frustrating and you know, as a teacher you can you can do a whole lot of self-criticism well what did I do wrong how can I fix this how can I do this better next time but sometimes you just have to accept that but you know you your plan was really great you had a few students that just had a really difficult argument with each other and someone else who's having difficulties at home and Uh, The rain was too loud, and there's so many things that could have gone wrong So it's really really important to cultivate that ability to let it go and and to accept less than perfect
1: Absolutely, sometimes we treat our friends way better than we treat ourselves And so we try to reverse that old adage do unto others as you would unto yourselves Uh, We say do unto yourself as you would unto others Because oftentimes we're so great to one another, you know, say Glenn you're having a bad day and I noticed that you're like, man, I'm really bummed I had this lesson that didn't pan out, and I feel like I didn't do a good job, what would I say? I'd say, Glenn, you're an amazing teacher. You know, you just had an off day, and this was a tough lesson. It was the first time you were rolling this out with the students. You're going to do better next time. Imagine if we talked to ourselves that way. What a great life this would be. And these are all things that can be learned. That's the good news.
0: Very good news. So, Daniel, I have one final question for you and i'm wondering if you feel that there is enough traction for mindfulness in schools these days so that one day down the road we'll look at curriculum in schools and we'll see that mindfulness is as permanently embedded into schools health and well-being curriculum as pe exercise and lessons about healthy eating
1: i sure hope so and that's exactly where we're tracking as a foundation so we've seen over the last 10 or 20 years literally hundreds of studies on mindfulness, many of them focused on school interventions. We see hundreds and sometimes even thousands of schools within countries, rolling out some version of mindfulness in the classroom and many have become very interested in well-being and just general sense of health of mind and body and emotion. Uh, We see a massive movement in emotional intelligence being rolled out into different classrooms, honoring the emotional state um, as highly as we would honor the cognitive state and how we're thinking about something so absolutely there's this major trend in education moving towards health and well-being and mindfulness plays such an important role in all of this
0: wonderful yeah i certainly hope it it gets a good foothold and keeps rolling along as well Uh, daniel it's been a real pleasure to talk to you i appreciate you coming in to talk with us and uh, we look forward to hearing more about mindfulness in schools
1: it's my pleasure glenn thank you so much it's great to be here at the green school and this
0: chat with you. Have a great day.